It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hi, I'm Kylie Merritt, the founder of AusBiz. Our goal at AusBiz is to provide you with news and information you can use to make better investment decisions, whether it's live, on demand, in the newsletter, or a podcast like the COB. We make it available at no cost to you. The bigger our audience, the more we can invest in great content. So I have a favor to ask. If you could take a minute to leave a review of the COB in the Apple Podcast app, it'll help us grow. And of course, don't forget to catch up with all the best interviews each day at osbiz.com.au. Thanks for listening. From Barangaroo Studios, the Ausbiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Hey, welcome to the COB. It is the 25th of February. Uh, I'm Nadine Blaney here with Scuddy as usual. Hey, Scuddy, how's the day? It's been good. It's good, good to be good. here with you. I just got a little bit, you know, oh, we're still in reporting season because true to form, we've got a company reporting after the bell. So I'll get our listeners across that one. It is Ainsworth Game Technology. So it has come out with its revenue down 33% on year on a first half net loss of 50.1% million dollars. Look, it says that uh, the result includes a $29 million non-cash one-off impairment charge due to deterioration in the group's Latin America business. Uh, it says excluding currency impacts and those impairments lost before tax was $14 million. So still, still a loss. Look, I think I just, case in point, you know, we're still getting these reports coming in fast and furious. It was a busy day today. Oh, it was another hectic day. How many times are we going to hear like currency, you know, headwinds and impairments and everything We're hearing else? it a lot more. As an ex-FX trader and uh, dealer, hedge your book if you're concerned about your currency exposure. I've lost track how many times. It's ridiculous. There are big companies who are not doing any hedging, which I find remarkable in an environment where people are talking about the Aussie dollar going higher and given it's likely to go higher. It is likely to go higher. I mean, we saw evidence of that today. So, I mean, I don't think that there was any big A dollar reaction to the CapEx data. But, you know, we are tracking towards the GDP read next week. And, um, yeah, how, how do you anticipate we'll see that come through? Many economists are looking for, obviously, you know, a soft read in the, in the context. But, um, you know, given we've all been through, not too bad. I think it'll be hotter than expected. It'll be led by services consumption uh, snapping back, even though with the um, with all the lockdown measures and the like that we saw sporadically throughout the other period, I think it's going to be a really strong figure and it's going to set us up for the year ahead, which we're currently obviously in right now. Uh, but um, I'm really, um, yeah, I've got good feelings about the local economy as we, uh, as we really start to go and ramp up. Uh, it's uh, it's looking good. I'm not not reading too much into the um to this report though. Uh, it's backward looking by a long way. In some cases, around about four months or so. Mm -hmm. But it's going to go and give us a pretty good nice springboard to go and launch into 2021. Yeah, uh, AMP is calling for a quarterly rise of 2.6 percent, which would still leave annual growth down by 1.7 percent over the year to December. Uh, but I suppose it's hard to get sticker shock with the whole year that has been through this pandemic. And uh, still, 
a lot of the rebuilding in the economy that has to take place. Um, yeah, we still have issues in terms of productivity to address. Uh, there hasn't been a whole lot of economic reform, and the government has made it clear that they're not going to embark on economic reform in this period of rebuilding. Uh, so yeah, there's uh, there's still lots to talk about on the economic front going forward. But I'm going to bring it back to, we'll take a guess. Markets. Reporting season. You got it. Um, best performer today on the 200, Reverse Solutions. It reported shares up by 7.5%. So things looking pretty good there. Interim dividend of 2.6 cents per security. Uh, I'll just quickly check what's on the losing end of things to see if... Yeah, it is related to reporting season. Temple and Webster, worst performer on the 200, down by close to 7%. You're looking like you're not believing that. It's true. <laughs> I think, uh, well, I know Zip's in the 200 now. and It was down eight, over 8%. So okay. I don't know what you're looking at. I'm it's looking uh, at uh, the Chiax 200 price uh, return index. <laughs> well, it's, uh, it, look, Temple and Webster had a, a rough oh, no, day after a, a pretty good result, but uh, lots of uh, no, people looking forward uh, when that comes to that result. Zip was, uh, was, was hosed uh, pretty bad. Zip was hosed down by about 8%. Yeah, we'll have to look into that. Also, what's this one? Service, service Stream. Service Stream was service down, stream was down by 20%. Yeah. yeah, I just don't think that I had um, scrolled down appropriately on oh, my look. page. Look, Gee, the, sorry. You know what? It was Service Stream was the worst performer. Zip, Wise Tech, and then what's this one? Uh, Regis Resources. It's <laughs> cash flow from operations. Oh my gosh! Should we start again, Scotty? Or should we no, just move it, on? No, it has been a bit <laughs> like that, hasn't it? So I think I think everyone out there who's been uh, trying to go keep up with reporting season, I know just trying to go and read about it is uh, has been pretty difficult. But uh, just think of us poor anchors and, uh, and producers <laughs> out there who have got to try and dissect them all. So you're forgiven today. Yeah. Okay. Flight centers, Silk, uh, Laser Clinics, Qantas, Next DC, Dusk. I mean, it was thick and fast. Dicker data. We had a couple of interviews to round out the day there um you know and then the behemoths you know afterpay although it's in a trading halt uh zip yeah you, you sort of we were being a little bit facetious when we were on air saying Qantas reported today major company barely got a look in mm. considering all that's going on yeah oh, look a lot of the focus is on the growth companies right now get a lot of attention a lot of uh, millennial investors you know young investors who are very keen for that space so it's not surprising but uh yeah the tried and tested donut companies have been around for a long period of time. Uh, I suspect that uh, we can all learn and continue to learn from these companies and why they've managed to go and stand the test of time. Boy, A2 Milk. I mean, I think one broker had the note saying, uh, is the, are the best days behind A2 Milk? Guidance may be risking further downgrade, according to City. Uh, lowers its outlook for the third time as the pandemic hit its sales and yeah the share price finishing down by 16 percent pretty dismal coming from a2 milk yeah and uh having spoken to other dairy uh, producers i was speaking to um lucky enough to go speak to bigger cheese earlier mm -hmm. today which is not exactly an identical company but uh, no around the same sort of space a uh, very different picture so uh i'm not sure the pandemic can be entirely attributed to the result and maybe that's why the market reaction was the way it was well, one area of strength for the market, look no further than commodities. Again, oil prices advancing 2.5% overnight. That did really good things for the energy space and the materials. Copper looking good. What happened with iron ore today, Scuddy? 
Uh, it was down in spot markets overnight, and then of course uh, Chinese markets are rocked into gear. Uh, and then Dalian futures were uh, not quite mooning, but they're uh, they're on the launch pad hmm. when I last looked. So all the bulks and steel prices were having a pretty good day, as were all the uh, the base materials. I was looking at some of the uh, the futures charts in China, and not to discount that, yes, we're uh, we're coming out of a, a period of uh, where economic flux, and we're going to go and have a synchronized economic recovery and the like. But some of those charts just look bubbleistic. I won't say mooning. They they look bubbleistic. Like That's a new one. They they look just um, so. So name name one. Copper, copper just yep. looks amazingly you no know, one-way traffic and just acceleration. It looks like it's a momentum trade. It looks like Bitcoin chart. No, honestly. Yeah. Um, and so. Yeah, not to say that uh, there's some fundamental factors underpinning it. There's uh, there's been a big draw in inventories, and we know that there's going to be a ramp up of production. But there's still lots of question marks about Chinese, uh, no China steps they're going to take later this year. So the market, uh, as we tend to go and see nowadays, is repricing instantly uh, what the expectations are going to be. Apparently, five years in the time. And I just wonder whether we're getting just a little bit ahead of ourselves. Have you did you have you read any of the comments coming from Charlie Munger? Uh, through the well, it was pretty early this morning overnight period, um, yeah. Warren Buffett's offsider. I loved him saying that uh, spacs, you know, spacs will be created as long as investment bankers can make a buck off of them. Calling Robinhood a really dirty way to make money off of people who are gambling, essentially. Yeah, I completely agree with him. Uh, a lot of the companies that are getting up, uh, there's a reason why they can't go public. And then all these people throwing money at uh, SPACs so they can go and take uh, companies who can't go uh, public into the public sphere uh, through a back door. Yeah, and I look at some of the people who are really pushing them as well. I'm not going to go name names, but you know who they are out there. i tell you what, uh, do your own research. He says the investment banking profession will sell as long as can be sold, you know. I think it's great. What a what a character he's got. Nothing to yeah. lose. He and comes look, out and says things how he sees it. Yeah, he's ninety seven years old, and uh, but he's you know, he doesn't mind speaking his mind, and I don't mind that. He's actually frank and uh, and telling how he feels rather than having behind like a, a veil of I know uh, corporate talk and everything else. And I must admit, when he was talking about uh, what was going on uh, with all the, the Reddit trading activity and mm-hmm. the like, and some of the you know the the various mechanisms that uh, that people are using to go and do that. He didn't mince words. He said that, uh, no, they're the conduit for gambling more than investing. And I think that in a lot of circumstances, that's exactly mm-hmm. what they are. Um, GameStop, <laughs> AMC uh, Entertainment, the same two companies we were talking about a month ago, absolutely, you know, flying this afternoon mm-hmm. uh, in after-hours trade. Um, there's nothing fundamental about it. I, I can't remember what it was, but it was, you know, everybody's trying to figure out why. And some of the reasons being put forth is because somebody tweeted. A photo a of photo an photo ice cream. Yeah, a photo of an ice cream. Like, are we really here? Oh, look, I've, people are putting like, you no know, laser beams for eyes and stuff like that. That's the kind of market we're involved in. Uh, I think anyone who's been around for more than one cycle can see that this is a sign of excess in certain parts of the financial market. So, uh Tread cautiously. Like, you know me. I like when there's some numbers to put behind things and uh, some conversations with CEOs around where they see things going. And we did that for you today. We spoke with the CEO of Flight Center, Graham Turner. You can listen to that via the show notes. We spoke with 
Oh, boy. I mean, NextDC's CEO. We spoke with Dicker Data CFO. We spoke with the CEO of Dusk, which I thought was an interesting conversation at the end of the day. I'm not going to keep going on, but go to the website, and you can listen to some of those CEO interviews, and it gives you a good idea of where they see the economy heading, where they see the opportunities. And, uh, yeah, you can judge for yourself um, who who's convincing, who's not. Um, listen, that is – well, before we move on, from that, let's just get across the stock of the day, which was C-Link. So didn't report today, but did report yesterday. Share price continued to go well today. I'm just seeing if I can, yep, up by a further close to 8%. I spoke with Nathan Samasandram and Claude Walker from A Rich Life uh, to find out what they think about C-Link. It's been a very high quality business. It was on an M&A cycle a while ago. Um, and you know, I compare it to in the airline side, um, Alliance Aviation. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're very well managed transport businesses. They play in multiple different dimensions. They're not a pure tourism play. So I'm not chasing it where it is. The, I mean, both Alliance Aviation and Sealink, very high quality businesses that people thought would struggle in a COVID environment, but because of their diversification, they've actually come out on the other side even better. Mm-hmm. So. It is one that surprised us, but the market already knows about that. These results were still COVID affected. Yes, the company's fine, but it it still did have an impact from COVID. And I think that part of the reason the share price has gone up in recent days is because people are anticipating better times ahead. And indeed, you can see that in the analyst estimates for the EPS going up in the next few years. I'd say, look, I think that the team's done a great job. These are naturally quite difficult businesses to run uh they're they're capital intensive and um i don't think it's that high quality business it's not quite as easy to grow as some of the businesses i prefer um so for me i probably wouldn't i wouldn't even put it in a in a father-in-law portfolio So that was Claude Walker from A Rich Life finishing the thoughts on C-Link. Nathan Samasandram from Deep Data Analytics. Look, likes the management, but just thinks that uh, now is not the time. Okay, tomorrow we will be speaking with the CEO of Unity Group, Smart Parking, Macmillan Shakespeare, Damstra. We'll chat with Jerry Harvey from Harvey Norman. That'll be an interesting one. Better get some tips from the, the GGs. Mm, we'll be speaking with the CEO of Austell, BWX, Zebit, and Open Learning, and that's just to start. There will be more. It's yet another big day on reporting season as these companies get these results to market before the end of the month. I'm looking forward to it. Look, Scotty, uh, as far as what's on the docket tonight, we have US GDP, jobless claims, durable good order, pending home sales, and factory data. So pretty heavy night for data. And uh, considering what's going on in the economy there, the US dollar, I think every data point is starting to really matter. Yeah, it's, uh, it matters. It's going to matter a lot more in the next uh, next few months. And uh, not to dismiss any of that uh stuff that uh, you said and, uh, and what, we're, um, what we're looking at with tonight, but uh, the data coming forward once we had this $1.9 trillion package put out there, uh, when the vaccine rollout is more complete, so unless it really goes awry, we're going to see some very, very hot economic data to the likes that I don't think we'll probably have seen, even for those of us who are around for uh, the post-GFC and uh, certainly hotter than what we saw after uh, 9-11. Okay. All right. Uh, Lots to pick apart there. We'll do it at a later date. I have to apologize to our listeners. I think I'm 
Usually a bit more on the ball. She was hanging out with the uh, Federal Reserve <laughs> Vice Chairman at about 7 o'clock this morning, so we can forgive her. Yeah, at an MCHAM and Australian Business Economists event, it was great. I think I'm going to try to write about it for the newsletter tomorrow. Oh, anyway. I reckon it'll be much better than what my views are. I know. Okay, uh, listen, everybody, uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for they listening. Are. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.